the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on the Facebooks at Common Good... No, what is it? The Common Good Radio Show. The Common Good Radio Show. Man, oh man. Yeah, it's... No, the Facebook's not up there. It's everything... Oh yeah, there it is. (laughs) I just can't see that far. That is true. It's true. We were just talking about this. I I have the sight of a 150-year-old. I have those moments all the time. I I even have good eyesight, and we'll come back and be like, wait, is that our Twitter? Is that Facebook? I don't even know, people. Welcome to the Common Ground. It's me and my friend Brad. (laughs) Just hanging out. Anyway, I don't want to waste any more time on that haberdashery. We have in the studio my friend Jason, who uh, I've known for how long now, Jason? Hmm... I don't know how it's been a few years. It has been. I don't need to put you on the spot. At least five for sure. Probably. But and I've known him for like five minutes. Ooh, so we're good. You're already there we go. besties. There we go. <laughs> already best. Okay, there so we what we've been doing with guests rather than me to sort of like read a bio, uh, we've been asking guests to introduce themselves to the audience. So you can be as personal or professional as you want. Who are you? What do you do? What makes you tick? And any nope. other information no you think would be helpful? Yeah. No pressure. Right? <laughs> no kidding. I Radio a, debut. I feel the need to perform right now. <laughs> Give you some some uh, some nuggets. Yeah, please know? be as but, holy as possible. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I grew up in Aurora, uh, not too far from here. Went to Aurora Christian High School. Met my wife in college at Judson mm-hmm. University in Elgin. Go and, Eagles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go Eagles. Uh, got my degree in youth ministry and adolescent studies. And uh, from there... Um, both my wife and I really had a love for children, went into ministry, worked for Youth for Christ, helped plant churches, hmm. um, led children's and youth ministries, and uh, began the adoption process. And that's where God just really birthed this fire in me and, and my wife hmm. to help people on this road to adoption. Hmm. And uh, God just led us to starting this organization uh, to help bridge the gap between church, churches and and families who foster and adopt vulnerable children. Uh, And in 2016, we launched uh, the organization called Love Moves Us uh, to provide community encouragement and support to families who foster and adopt and engage churches uh, and and the community in meeting the needs of of those families. I love that, man. That's That's so good. Uh, As someone who's adopted, tell us what it was like. uh, What in that experience caused you to go, you know what, we need to do a better job as churches. We need a ministry like that. I'm curious how your personal uh, history kind of played into that. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because it's been a long journey. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a thing right at first because uh, my mm. wife and I, um, we weren't able to, to conceive our own mm. you know, biological child. And so for us, we'd always wanted to adopt. Hmm. And so that was the, the avenue right away we, we knew we oh, wanted to go. And so we adopted domestically an infant. Um, and you know, like kind of hindsight being twenty twenty, like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, right. And, and so we're going into this, and and even though you know you have agencies trying to tell you and prepare you for things, there's there's an element about us that that <laughs> sometimes we're not ready to receive yeah. things and and not ready to learn things uh, until we think there's a, a need for that. Yeah. And um, so we thought, you know, hey, we're we're adopting this child. They're going to grow up in our home and be just a normal child like mm. everybody else. Right. And, you know, um, but. Uh, Interestingly enough that we had that attitude because our 
our son is African American. Yeah. Uh, we are not, and right. so um, that creates an instant dynamic right there. That uh, you know, your child knows right away that you know from a young age that they're adopted. Yeah. And how do you enter into that with age appropriate conversations and oh, things and, and stuff? And so, um, really, what we what led us to this, and, and and we began to really get to your question. Uh, what we began to see is we met more and more families who were doing foster care, who mm. had adopted internationally, adopted mm. older kids. Uh, we saw families really beginning to struggle with things that they never anticipated they were going to be struggling with. Mm. They, weren't, they just weren't prepared for it. Um, kids who have, who have been neglected, who have experienced abuse, yeah. um, growing up in orphanages where uh, similar things happen. A lot of times you know, people think that, oh, I'm going to adopt a kid overseas because that's better for some reason or another you know Hmm. um there's just a lot of similarities i would say between kids growing up in foster care and kids in orphanages um they're they're all getting their basic needs met (laughs) what they're not getting is a family and that's Mm. ultimately what they all need right right um and love and and touch and and parents and right and and those kinds of things uh you know we we can survive on our basic needs but it you know, to really thrive as human beings, we mm. need so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. All right. So talk to me a little bit more about Love Moves Us specifically. Uh, and I have a whole list of other questions that I hopefully we'll have time to get to. But I'd love for people to know at least what the elevator pitch is. What, what is it that you guys do? And give me some of the heartbeat behind why you felt this like insatiable desire to launch it in the first place. Yeah. The, really, the heart for us behind it, again, we, you know, I talked about my wife and I loving kids, and it's, it's really we want to transform children's lives. Mm. That's, that's the, the basis for it. And we want to transform their lives through supporting the families that are caring for them. Yeah. We've got families who are on those front lines stepping up and caring for these children, inviting them into their home, whether it's through foster care or adoption. Hmm. And uh, what we hear over and over from families, from other leaders across the country, is these families need support. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, that equals time, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's not just as simple as donating something or an item or money. And so we basically run support groups. We don't call them support groups because nobody wants to go to a support group. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to a support group, yeah. and I started the organization. Interesting. So, uh, we call them family gatherings, hmm. and we did that very intentionally because we want the whole family to come together. There's a lot of, of organizations out there, a lot of ministries out there that are doing things that uh, for moms, yeah. and dads are getting left out of the picture. Wow. Interesting. So uh, we want spouses to be together and, hmm. and get the same kind of training, uh, you know, have the same understanding and be together with with on these these subjects with their uh, with each other for their children yeah. hmm, to yeah. benefit them. Yeah, and so we 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 run some once a month support groups in homes. We feed everybody dinner. We get volunteers to come in and run a children's program. Awesome, and uh, we feed the volunteers dinner as well. And uh, we get you know we we provide the community and the encouragement and the support and uh, and specialized parenting skills for parenting yeah. children who come from hard places. And then, uh, and, and then we pray for everybody at the at the end of the night. That's awesome. What are some of the biggest needs? And I wonder how they're the same and different between people who adopt and people who are foster parents, and someone like me who's never done either. What are the needs that I probably would even think about that that kind of are, are mm. pretty consistent? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things that people don't realize with so many of these kids is that there can oftentimes be a developmental age gap. Oh. Meaning, uh, especially, you know, you look at a child who's grown up in foster care, a lot of times eight-year-old could have the street smarts of a 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're going to outsmart you to death <laughs> and they're going to manipulate you and like that will, you know, 
press your button and trigger you so quick. Hmm. Um, but yet emotionally, they're maybe at like at age three. Hmm. And so you've got this eight-year-old in front of you who, and, and then physically, where are they at? Some of these kids have been malnourished, so they're much smaller than what they are, you know, right. age-wise or right. should be. Some kids, you know, it's always harder when kids are bigger, hmm. you know, because then they're expected to be older uh, and act older. That makes sense. But... Um, but you have this huge span of, you know, a 21-year-old street smarts, but, you know, a three-year-old emotionally and an eight-year-old and maybe some other cognitive, hopefully they're, they're, they're there cognitively with, with everything and other uh, aspects of their development. But it makes it really tricky to mm-hmm. parent. Hmm. And, um, and I think a lot of well-meaning people, you know, uh, will experience or see some of these kids maybe having emotional meltdowns. Right. And, oh, yeah, my kid has meltdowns, too. It's, hmm. uh, this, a lot of times, this is, goes far beyond that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times at home, it can turn into outright rage, hmm. uh, destroying things, uh, throwing things, threatening, um, violence. And uh, it, it can be really, really hard on the parents. And, and, and what people don't see is a lot of times these kids are acting one way uh, in public and another way at home. Gotcha. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and so a lot of times it's, they're, they're angels, you know, at church, they're angels <laughs> right, at school, right. you know, because they're keeping it all together because they have to. Yeah. And then I get emotional talking about it, but <laughs> they, these, these kids come home and, you know, s- stuff flying everywhere because yeah. they're just letting loose. It's like their safe place. Oh, they right. know they're safe. Hmm. And that's when they can let go finally. And it's just, you know, all hell's breaking loose on these kids wow. uh, and on these, on these families, on these parents and nobody's seeing it. Yeah. And so then you get these families that are like, don't believe you, you know, oh, like, right. well, I've never seen this. Yeah. They seem fine seen at church. Your kid is such right. a, a great kid. I would never believe that, you know? Mm. And so, um, these these families are just looking for community who you know who get understand. it, yeah, who understand it, who've been there. That's yeah. phenomenal. All right, so we'll mention it a couple of times. You're sticking with us for one more segment, but I want to make sure people get the website if they want to, if they feel like they could be a part of the community or could help serve the community. Where would people go yeah. to learn more about you guys? The, our website is lovemoves.us. Perfect. Lovemoves.us. And they can go there for volunteer opportunities as well as find out where the meetings are happening and all everything. Of that. Yep, Every, okay. everything in between. You can you can give online, volunteer there, sign up. Uh, you you want to register for one of our family gatherings as a foster adoptive family? You can find it all there. Awesome. So I have like a trillion more questions. <laughs> so thankfully you're sticking around with us yeah. for one more segment. Awesome. That's Jason from Love Moves Us. He's sticking around for one more segment. You're not going to want to miss it. That's coming up next here on the Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on Facebook at The Common Good Radio Show, on Twitter at Common Good Talk, or if you like, 1160hope.com slash The Common Good, plus if you podcast. If that's you, first and foremost, thank you. Secondly, uh, liking and reviewing and sharing and all that stuff actually magically helps us out, and it helps us make the show better. But as we often mention, Brian and I, we love the show in general, but we really love when we can have in-studio guests. And mm-hmm. Jason, cards on the table is like an actual real-life friend in real space and time, and also someone... I'll admit to that. Well, <laughs> well, it's out there now, so no redacting it. But I, I do have to say how much I admire you, and you, if you were listening, you heard in the last segment, It's this isn't just a job for you. It's no, not just... like yeah. It's clearly like a present, visceral, emotive... 
which I find is yeah. so needed in this world, especially in, in this line of work. Mm-hmm. And if you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast. He's the founder of Love Moves Us. You can learn more at lovemoves.us, which is really coming alongside uh, adoptive and fostering families, which... Yeah. A number of friends of mine are now a part of your network or a part of your yeah, family. So that it's yeah. kind of doubly important to me because I, I like and appreciate you a lot. But now you're reaching and caring for other people that I like and appreciate mm-hmm. and care for. Thanks. But one of the things I keep hearing over and over and over again is how much trauma is a part of many of these kids stories. Oh, man. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about trauma in particular and maybe some of how that affects the brain and development and and maybe information that people listening don't know much about. Sure. Oh man, it impacts development in such tremendous ways. It's it's ridiculous. There's there's a lot of research out there and uh, unfortunately not enough of it is mainstream enough, you know, in hmm. understanding. Hmm. Um, and to the degree that uh, you know, the average person, pastor, doctor, even therapist, interesting, doesn't know a lot of the stuff that's out there because hmm. uh, they received their training um, longer ago, and, and the past ten years has has really come a long way on this. Um, it, yeah, they've shown that if there's any failure within the first three years of life, that it impacts a child in their development for a long time. Hmm. Um, and that's what's you know brilliant about early intervention for our kids, because the sooner we can get on these things and, and hmm. give these kids help, the better. Um, any kind of neglect, any amount of hmm. abuse, hmm. regardless of what kind, other kinds of trauma that we tend to think are, are the ones that we tend to think of, you know, like witnessing your your dad shoot your mom or yeah, something like right. something that you and I have never experienced right, right. And, and pray to God we, you know we never do right. some of these kids have experienced at a young age hmm. that profoundly impacts them hmm. and then there's also things that happen um, early on even uh, pre-birth mm-hmm. uh, science has shown that uh, you know if if a mom has uh, struggles with severe anxiety while she's pregnant that that child will likely have anxiety throughout their life. Wow. Mm. Uh, So um, a a difficult pregnancy, a difficult birth, um, early hospitalization, Mm. as well as the the abuse and neglect, all those things can really uh, play a huge role in in these kids' development and how they feel safe or really don't feel safe. And you don't even necessarily see it or understand it unless you have this knowledge and can be looking for those right, things. Right, right. You know, that's and good. that's what drives their behavior. Right, Is of that these, these kids are sitting here when I, I don't feel safe. You know, I'm struggling. I'm, ang- I'm anxious about this situation. Right. And so that's what makes me act a little crazy, hmm. but I don't have the words to be able to tell you that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so we as parents, is if we're just looking on the surface at the behavior, we can tend to be, sit down, be quiet, you know, sit, sit still. You yeah, know, you're, right. You're not sitting still here in Sunday school, and I'm trying to teach you about Jesus. Of course. <laughs> right, right, right. And meanwhile, they're running all over the yeah, place. Right. And, 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 and there's things that they need that hmm. we haven't seen. And so sometimes it's, it's just, uh, learning, helping them become more aware of their bodies and learning how to calm themselves down. Sometimes they That's need good. some physical heavy exertion work because uh-huh. you know, th- there's just some sensory stuff going on. Right. Um, and, and, it, and it just re- it really impacts um, the 
the the front of the brain, which mm. is where we have logic and reasoning, hmm. and more of their thinking then is uh, in the in the bra- brainstem, hmm. and so that is where we have more of our uh, instinctual stuff, you know, that, for survival. Hmm. And so when you're trying to reason with a child who hasn't developed that frontal lobe fully yet. Hmm. You're just talking to a wall, right, right, <laughs> you know? like right. it's not going anywhere. They don't have the capacity or ability to reason and understand the logic and the consequences for their actions. Mm. And so you have to treat them, you know, uh, more like a like you would a toddler and be mm. on them on the time and help them do what's right. You mm. know, we're much more patient with little ones, right? Yeah, right. Because we're teaching them. That's right. You know, and it's like we oh, expect we, them we don't not expect to know. Them. Yeah. yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, you don't you don't scream at your kid that you're potty training for peeing on the floor. <laughs> you expect them to, right? Right. But when there's an eight or nine year old that's right. having the same type of struggles and not being able to get something, mm. you know, we expect more of mm. them, and yet developmentally they may be more like that toddler yep. got it yeah curious someone's out there and they are considering adopting they're considering going into foster care and it's you know it's kind of a romantic idea for them right now what are yeah. some pieces of advice or things you tools you could give them to help kind of prep that mm. on the front end what would you say to that Man, person that's that's a big question for mm. sure but I, i'd say the first thing that comes to mind is you're not the savior mm. that's great you know yeah um, I think too many people go into adoption and foster care thinking, you know, uh, that they're doing a great thing. And they are, mm-hmm. you know, they, they are. Uh, but it's not, uh, don't expect this child to be grateful, mm. you know. Um, which of us is grateful for having parents? It's <laughs> yeah. a great point. You yeah. know, I mean, as adults, maybe we yep. become more yep. grateful for the things that we have with our families and stuff. But like, like you expect to have a family, yeah. right? That, like that's that's a basic human right. If you're born in this world, mm. you're born to a family. You should have a family. Mm. And so the fact that a family decides to adopt you or take you in mm. and, and foster care, like that's this child's right. Mm, and, yeah. and, and don't expect them to be grateful or show gratitude for that. Yeah. And when they are difficult... Man, you better be sticking with them. Yeah, um, right. I, I think the the thing that breaks my heart the most is seeing uh, foster parents struggle with kids uh, who are dealing with massive amounts of trauma and difficulty throughout their lives, and it comes out in their behavior. You know, hmm. um, they're going to push, 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 push back as hard as they can to see if you're going to break. Yeah, and uh, and 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 understandably, you know. Sometimes parents, it's it's too hard. Sometimes these kids have, uh, you know, behaviors that are too difficult to manage, and mm. they don't know what to do. And so we've got to find. Occasionally that happens, but I hate. It. I, and the last thing I want to see is a family move a child, right? Uh, just because um, their expectations were were too much for for this kid. That's good, man. I want to get practical for a minute because you you and I have actually had multiple conversations before about some of the dumb things people will say to adoptive families or adoptive parents. And every time you've shared them, I've thought, well, I never even really considered how that would sound or how you'd, is there any coaching that you could give or some examples of if you're someone who wants to maybe come alongside an adoptive family in your church, your neighborhood or community, some things to consider saying or not saying doing or not doing, like how would you coach Mm. someone in that regard? Mm. Well, um, first, one of the first things I've tried to make a, a big 
change in my language is talking about families who foster or adopt rather yeah. than foster or adoptive families. Oh, that's uh, good. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, that, that's the first thing. Uh, it's not calling them foster kids. These right. are kids in care. Right. These are kids in foster that's care. That's good. They're kids first. These are families first right. who are doing these things or these things have happened to them mm. or whatever. I think that's really important. Um, and, and to understand that these kids' stories are, are private and personal. Mm. You don't ask personal questions about other kids' stories. Right. Right? Um, you know, so entering into that lightly, sensitively, carefully with these parents, not asking about, their, uh, about the kids in front of them, to, mm-hmm. you know, asking the parents right. about these kids in, in front of the kids, mm. uh, it's, uh, that's a big no-no right there. It turns a lot of families off. They get really, really upset. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, you know, and I think just simply helping people in the way that you would want to be helped. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in, in their shoes. Right. Put yourself in, in your own shoes. <laughs> right, right, you know, like, right. What would be meaningful for you? What is something that you have in, in you know, the wherewithal to, to be able to do? Yeah. You know, hey, I'm running to the grocery store and calling somebody and like, hey, can I pick you up anything? That's great. Right. I mean, that's, a, that's a really easy thing to do. Totally. You know, shovel somebody's driveway, rake their leaves. Right. You know, do some laundry, bring a meal is, you know, bring a meal or give a gift card. Those are That's two huge. probably the, the biggest things. Yeah. And honestly, the number one that we hear from families all the time is uh, just babysitting. Mm. It's just taking care of the kids. Take the kids for a night. Give them a date have, night or something. Yeah. Give them a- I mean, I know families who have not had a date night in 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know? That's super helpful, man. Well, that other voice you've been hearing is Jason Benson of uh, Love Moves Us. I cannot encourage you enough to learn more. Go to lovemoves.us. And uh, I'm so grateful, man, for you you. and the work you're doing in the world. I think you're remarkable. And I hope people listening come alongside and help support the work that you're doing. I appreciate it very much, much, man. Appreciate being here. We've been listening to The Common Good right here on AM 1160. Hope for your life.